Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about a subject that keeps popping up and triggering me in multiple Facebook groups. You know, there's always certain trends. You know, one week it'll be, I need help with this formula. What do you think? That will trigger me. This week, it's pricing. I keep seeing so many people asking on random Facebook groups with random strangers saying, what do you charge for XYZ? You know, what do you charge for a cut? What do you charge for a single process retouch? What do you charge for your foils? And of course, you're going to get 72,000 different answers. And that, I believe, as someone who has been known to ask for opinions, can end up confusing you more. The truth of the matter is what other people charge is none of your business and makes no sense for your business. Are you someone who owns your space? It's in a building that you own and you have a mortgage and your mortgage, fortunately, when you own the space, pretty much stays the same for 30 years, 15 years, whatever term you agreed with the bank upon. So your rent stays the same. Someone that you may be asking in a random Facebook group may have rent of $10,000 a month in a building that they don't own. And they also know that every single year they get an increase on that rent. So when you're taking a poll from strangers, yes, they're, they're also hairdressers, but that's really the only common denominator there that really makes sense. Pricing is so personal. It's how much is your color per application? And when I say color, I'm not just talking about the tube of color. That's the beginning. You need to know what is it costing you in that hour that you have that client in your chair? What are your overhead expenses? How much per hour does it cost you to just be in your business? The lights, the music, the computer. If you use a computer to you know, check your clients in and out and take um, payment. Cotton, gloves, developer. For me, I use protective hairline cream so my clients don't have stains. That factors into the price. Do you use client robes that have to be washed in between every client? So now you have laundry costs, the water, the electric, the detergent, the possibly assistant that you're paying to wash those robes, the towels and the, and the washing of the towels, like every single thing. If you really get down to the nitty gritty, you can get your pricing so clear and so smart that you absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt at the end of the year, you're going to have profit. But by asking a random stranger in a Facebook group, even if it's an amazing group that is all hairdressers and it's known for giving great advice, you cannot charge the same as the person in the building even right next door to you. If you are in a suite and the person next door is charging you know, $50 for a color retouch and you're charging $60 for a color retouch, your color cost could be much higher than theirs. You may be the type of person that doesn't take advantage of bulk purchases. 
you're not doing the deals with your color company where maybe if you, do, if you buy a dozen of something, you get a free developer. Those are the things that can have you increase your profit, but you can't base your pricing on the deal that you happened to get last month that may not be every month. So something that was taught to me very early in my career that made a huge impact on me was if you are like me and you really hate math, you despise numbers and math, it stresses you out to even think about math, that's me. So I just pulled prices right out of my ass. I literally was like, you know, I think that this should be this. Should, 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 should's a bad word. So I should all over myself and I should all over other people and it's a bad habit. But I was working at a salon that was very expensive before I left to open my own salon many, many years ago. And the prices that I was getting at that salon, I was never comfortable with. I had a money story that I unfortunately still have today that I don't want to charge someone something that I would not pay for it myself. And we're talking 36 years ago. I think my highlights were probably $150 back then when other salons were charging maybe 55. So their prices were double anything that I ever would imagine I was able to charge. And it was great when I was working on commission because I was able to earn a better living. But when I went on my own, my money story kicked in. And I said, I can't charge those prices. I'm in this little small salon. It's just me. It's nothing fancy. It's not a great location. So my drunk monkey that I know you have, because we all have that voice that pops up and tells you you're not worth it. You're not worthy. How dare you? Who do you think you are? We all have that voice. So that voice was telling me, you know what, Elaine? You charge those prices, but you were on commission. And now you're the boss. And now you're in charge. So if you just start by cutting those prices in half, people will be looking for you and try to come find you because they're going to save money and you won't have as hard of a time you know, inviting new guests in because you're not too expensive for your area. And it made sense to me at the time and it felt safe and it felt easy. So that's what I did. And when I look at my menu now, I totally cringe at how low those prices were because think about it. My skill level did not get cut in half when I moved and went on my own. Only my location did. And I know that they say location, location, location. And I do believe in that for a restaurant or an ice cream shop or uh, a pharmacy. You know, something that you want to be on a main road where people can run in and run out. It's convenient for, for the masses. But we are hairdressers and we have a personality and we have a style of the way that we do hair. And no matter where you're working, if it's in the basement of, you know, a walk-up apartment building and you're in the basement, like I have a friend who's been a barber in the basement of a high-rise in Center City, Philadelphia for years, and she makes awesome money and she's booked solid. So I think that our skill and our experience trumps location in most cases. Of course, you're going to get more walk-ins in a great location, but if your skill level does not match your location, you're not going to get repeat clients. So I didn't become a less capable colorist when I moved to the other location, but my money story told me I couldn't dare charge those prices. So a few years later, I went to a workshop and this amazing educator who's no longer with us was really smart with 
money and pricing and how to raise your prices and when to raise your prices and what warrants you raising your prices. And he shared something with me I will never forget. This was literally probably about 27 years ago that he gave me this advice. He said, if you're not a numbers person, if you don't like sitting there and figuring out how much is your developer costing you? How much is your cotton costing you? How much are the gloves? How much is the electricity, the shampoo assistant? What is all of your overhead costing you? Break it down to a per minute price and then see how many minutes it takes you for each service and come up with your pricing. If you told me that back then, I would say, hell to the no, I am not doing this. I hate math. I don't want to be that nitpicky is how I looked at it. Like, oh my gosh, really cotton? Like you're going to charge for the little piece of cotton that you use to remove color around the hairline? Like, come on. But as a matter of fact, you know, 32 years in business later, it does matter. I do pay for that cotton. I do pay for that shampoo help. I do pay for that front desk. So all of those expenses have to factor in. And if we learn nothing less from COVID and the shutdown and all of the things, we really were put into this universal timeout of how are you running your business? So back to the advice from this amazing gentleman at a show. He said, if you're not the type of person that's going to sit down with a spreadsheet, me, guilty as charged, saying this is this much, this is that much, so therefore I have to charge this. He said, I want you right now to take out a pen and a piece of paper, and I want you to write down on the piece of paper what your color cost is per application. When you do an average client with either gray coverage or um, you know, universally lightening them, highlighting them, whatever the service may be, what is your price of your average tube or you know, two ounce mixture of color? And I wrote it down and he said, now do me a favor. I know you don't like math, but I want you to multiply that by 11. Just whatever number you wrote down for the cost of the color, multiply that by 11. So at the time, I believe my cost for my color was $5 per tube. And he said, the result of that number, the cost of your tube times that number of 11, that is your result. And that is the beginning of where you should be at minimum for your service. So back then, if it was $5 a tube, my touch-up should have been $55. I think I was at like $28. So I was way off. And we're talking just single process, zone one, regrowth only. We're not talking about a major transformation with extra color. We're not talking about the glaze to refresh the ends, which I highly recommend not pulling permanent color down through zones two and three. And that's a whole other podcast episode, but just the regrowth. So I was like, wow, that's amazing. And I have some work to do. I need to get myself slowly up to that number because I am in fact losing money. Another class that I went to many, many years later was all about having a system for training the new stylists coming in and setting them up for success and having systems in place with your training program. And they talked about, you know, how much 
of an increase, when to do an increase in your pricing. And they talked about numbers being important where if I were to go from say $28 at the time, right to say, um, I mean, usually you wanna do more than $2, so that's a bad example. But say I was at $25 and I went right to $30. My clients would notice right away because the 25 ends in five and the 30 ends in zero. And this company that I was training with said, you know, it's really important not to end your pricing in zeros and fives because that is very memorable and clients will notice right away. Whereas if I would have gone from 25 to 28, 25 to 29, 25 to 31, it wouldn't be as noticeable for the client. And at the time I thought, these people are out of their mind. Clients are not dumb and they know math and they know that going from 25 to 31 is a lot more than going from 25 to 30, but it's true. I've done it ever since that class. I end all of my prices in any number but zero and five. And it worked. And then they shared something else with us. They said, retail is the backbone of your business. When you are a business owner and you are not retailing, if you have a busy colorist and your pricing is not really in line with your expenses, and on top of it, that colorist is not selling take-home products to their clients, you are better off going in tomorrow and letting that busy colorist go than to have them continue to work there and not sell retail. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to completely wipe out my whole staff because we're terrible, myself included, in sending home retail products. And then they explained it to us from a business perspective of how much retail supports the foundation of the business, paying the rent, paying the utilities, paying the insurance, paying the workman's compensation, paying the matching taxes for your employees. All of those things get funded by selling retail. And I know what you're thinking right now because that's my story too. I say, how can we even compete with Amazon? I gave up a long time ago. Amazon has everything. We have clients sit in our chair and as we're showing them a product and using it on them and showing them how to use it and being professional and sharing the features and benefits, what happens is they pull out their phone and they say, what was the name of that again? And you watch them, their little fingers moving quickly on their phone, ordering the very thing that you have in your hand right in front of them, right at the time of the recommendation. And you literally just want to strangle the person. I just want to grab their phone and literally throw it across the room. I have done that, by the way, but for a different reason. I grabbed a client's phone and literally threw it across the room. It didn't break. It went onto a chair. But it was very dramatic. And of course, I never saw her again. But that's a funny story. So, But you want to, right? You want to say, are you freaking kidding me? Are you seriously ordering that on Amazon when you are here in this building and I have it right here in my hand and you can just add it to your service price? So that happening way too many times, I finally came right out and said to a client, may I ask why you're doing that? Like, what is the reason for going on Amazon when I'm right here with it right in my hand? And this was her answer. Well, I, I have Prime, so I get free delivery. Okay, well, you're here, so you're leaving with it in your hand. You can't get it delivered any faster than that. So that was her number one objection, and I dispelled that, that objection. I said, well, you're here, so you're taking it home right now. And she says, I know, but here's the deal. My husband looks at my credit card 
slip. And he'll see, you know, Lux Color Lounge, and he'll see this big total because the shampoo, the conditioner, the treatment, whatever you're, you're selling me is going to be looped in with my hair. And my fear is he's going to tell me I can't come here anymore to get my hair done because it's too expensive. But if he sees a shampoo purchase on Amazon, he knows that the whole family has to wash their hair and we need shampoo anyway. That was her logic. So we don't know what the client's thinking. We don't know why the behavior is, but we do know that we're constantly competing with big box business where this is the psychology that's going on in clients' minds. So while it's important to the bottom line of the salon, I get it. I hear you. It's hard. It's really difficult. But I promise you, if you take your time and you actually share with the client how to use the product and you're not just you know, putting it on, you're talking about little Johnny's, you know, soccer game with them and you're talking about everything but the hair. Then at the end of the appointment, you walk up to the desk and say, oh, by the way, this is what I used on you. That's not going to be effective. But if you said to your client, you know, I use these products on you because I believe in them because look at how great your hair looks. And just to let you know, part of my job is recommending products for you. And it's really important to me and the future of our salon um, being competitive and keeping our service prices down is that you support us in your retail because it really helps. You're going to pay the same here as you're paying on Amazon, but it really helps us to keep our overhead down because it funds a lot of things that are important to the salon that you may not realize. So I'd really appreciate it if you could purchase at least one of these products here with me today. And that's not giving them a guilt trip. It's not sounding very multi-level marketing, high pressure sales. It's just reframing it in a way of saying, come on, shop small. I'm here for you. We have this personal relationship. You don't know Jeff Bezos. You don't know anybody at Amazon. Think about the fuel and the packaging and all of the wasted resources that you're tapping into when you buy this on Amazon. You know, that very client that begs you for all natural organic color and wants to buy it at Whole Foods and bring it to you and have you apply it is the same one that's asking Amazon to send a product from possibly California to you when she has it in her hand right now. So just reframing ways of doing it. And I know I just totally got off topic. This was about pricing your services, but that's, you would expect nothing less from my podcast than for me to go off in a different direction. But just pay attention, pay attention to your pricing and whether or not you are the reason that you're holding yourself back from bigger profits, bigger income, and a better life. Thanks so much for listening as always, and I will see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.